This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. So are you going to stitch me up here where if I sing this one, you're then not going to give us a rendition no, of I your... promise if you sing this, I will sing the other one I've made up. You promise. Okay, so... Welcome to Rob Ryan Red. A Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Fade, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. What a week it's been, and eh? Wrexham have smashed their club record fee to bring Ollie Palmer to the club. Win against Grimsby, Wrexham now back in the playoff picture, return to a raucous racecourse ground. It's all yeah, looking like it could be a very exciting end to the January transfer window. Rumours of maybe one or two more faces coming in as well in the coming days. Win against Grimsby, won against Yeovil. You know, we said originally that it'd be good to maybe get seven points from those three games. You've got to go into it looking for nine from nine. We'll be looking ahead to the Maidenhead match this weekend, hearing from someone who can give us insight on their season so far as well. Naif, like I said, where do we start? I mean, Ollie Palmer and the Grimsby win are sort of interlinked, but God, I've got a smile on my face. Oh, what an amazing feeling. You know, we're back at the race course. It looked unbelievable. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. You were there, which looked, I was very jealous. And Ollie Palmer, number 35, extinguishing the ghost of Leighton McIntosh. Anyone who's, who's new listening that doesn't know Leighton McIntosh, dig into Wrexham history because the number 35 shirt has not been the most prosperous in recent times. But look, Ollie Palmer, the relief in that celebration, Rich, running over to, to the end where you are, just the sheer passion in that celebration. The pictures were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great. What a start for him. I know we, we were kind of speaking to people around his camp. Not like any new signing. There's a lot of pressure. You're coming in, you the club record by... Lots of unhappy rival fans, but he's got his first goal and that should settle him down nicely. Yeah, for someone who apparently doesn't really care about uh, joining Wrexham, it was only about the money, he seems to care a lot. And yeah, to get your first goal for any club's great. Like he said in his, his own sort of club media, he seems to get a lot of grief from Grimsby fans despite having a successful loan spell there himself. So we've got him now. And yeah, that strike force of Mullen and Palmer looks really promising. Finally, the ball's sticking up front. It's just not, these attacks aren't just petering out as they have been so often. Corners, long balls, long throw-ins, we've got an extra dimension to that. Defensively as well, he was man-marking Sean Pearson for all the corners. The the one corner where he lost Sean Pearson, Rob Layton pulls off 
arguably one of the best saves I've ever seen live in person. It really was David De Gea-esque. Aaron Hayden, probably man of the match, absolutely colossal at the back. Liam McKellenden, a new left wing back. Looks like we're going to be trying to sign another left back before the end of the window, maybe even before this podcast goes out. But I thought McAllister was great in that new role, the sort of unorthodox left wing back. He said himself, it's like playing left wing. Midfield still got overrun. You know, there were still some issues there, but beating Grimsby at home 1 0. I know you can maybe say it could have been more, it could have been, work, could have been less. Max Clareworth will be waking up today with a lot of relief because if we had conceded late on, his miss, my word, I don't even want to see that back because. From the tech end, like I said, you can't really tell a perspective too much, but it looked like it was five or six yards out and he just blazes it, open goal, right over the bar into the empty, desolate cop stand. And oh my God, it was a moment to forget, but what a night that was. And God, yeah, like I said, I think Ollie Palmer, he unlocks Paul Mullen more as well because Mullen doesn't have to drop as deep to get the ball. He's going to get the ball in, in better areas in front of goal because someone's holding it up for him. For a big man, he's got a good little burst of pace on him as well. He's not going to be too good over long distances, but he's just a real handful. And the other thing I noticed last night at the Grimsby game, we are a horrible team to play against now because we've got those brutes and we are really, like we've seen so often this season, we just get bullied out of games and we just get, you know, a team can really impose themselves on us. I think it happened against Notts County, really, when we played them away as well. And, you know, we do just get bullied. Of course, we're down to 10 men for that. So that's understandable. But I think we can really go sort of nose to nose of most teams now. We've we've got those, those, that sort of aggression, that tenacity that you need. And someone like Palmer as well, he just knows how to run down the clock, how to wind up opposition. Mm. He's just really savvy in that sense. And yeah, you know... I've said all window, and we said on our WhatsApp group, didn't we, Nath, that I'm excited that we bought Ollie Palmer, but he wasn't the signing I really wanted. I wasn't getting blown away. I was getting excited because it's a new signing rather than because mm. it's Ollie Palmer. But now I'm I'm a convert. You know, I'm loving <laughs> this so far. And You've been yeah. converted. Yeah, but social media wasn't converted by the chant we came up from, was it? No, no, surprisingly not. Um, I thought it was great, Rich. I thought you did fine, fine work. I wanted to approve your craftsmanship, um, but clearly, no, it, it was not. It was not the the best chant that we've ever heard, in, in, apparently. And and somebody also said they wanted to slap anyone that would sing it. So I don't know. I, the, this is the problem. I think that we need new songs for players, and, and maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe I'm too cynical. But in his interview, he said, you know, he heard a lot of Paul Mullen songs. Look, strikers have egos. He'll want the you know chance about him to become the mainstay, which is hard going when you're competing with Super Paul Mullen. But we need to just vary out the songbook, and and if we can try and you know have a laugh and and try something a bit different, why not? I don't know. It's uh, to the tune of Karma Chameleon. Uh, anyone who didn't see it, I I, I feel like. I've done my my chants. Um, no, no, no. Go on, if you've got such it, a good voice for for chants. It, it, I do, I do not. But I feel like I, I feel like I have to. I mean, Jonah Devitt, who listens to the podcast, did say that I need to start a SoundCloud, which I probably would get less followers than this. Actually, maybe it get more. I don't know. Well, should we but have your a, chant... a chant off then? Maybe if you sing the you... the Palmer Chameleon one, and I'll go for right. a new one I've made up. You've and made a new say, one. Okay. We can gauge what the what the atmosphere is like. I'm just going to pull it up so I get it specifically as you as you wrote it. Um, so yeah, this was but, I was basically whenever I play football manager, I try and make chants for some of our players who become cult heroes, just to you know try to give it a bit more depth or whatever. And when we say Ollie Palmer, I was like, right, we need a new chant. I can't really think of any words that rhyme with Palmer. And then I was like, Karma. 
I was like, Karma <laughs> Chameleon is the only song I know of that like, Karma. It's like it's like a noticeable, like popular song. So I was like, there's got to be something in this. And I was like, Chameleon, Wimbledon. It's it's quite close. It's, it's, not cl- it's a good effort. It's a good effort. Right. So are you going to stitch me up here where if I sing this one, you're then not going to give us a rendition no, of I your... promise if you sing this, I will sing the other one I've made up. You promise. Okay. So unfortunately, for copyright reasons, I, can't... I... previously I did want to try and uh, and use the music, but not to be. So here we go. So there's a tune. <laughs> oh God! So the tune of the to the tune of Karma Comedian, we've got Palmer, 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 Palmer from Wimbledon. He scores us goals. He scores us goals. Winning is easy now. We've got him in our team. He's red, white, and green. Red, white, and green. That's a classic. Is that not I, see, I think that's really good for me because I wrote that in, like, in about yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, you did. That was good. That was a good effort. I, that I was a good a effort. So that... I think he, now we've got one, our team is a bit, you know, it's a bit MLS, in it? I think you probably could well, change well, that. Can you keep the original? Can, can, can you get anything into it? You'll keep the original. Can you get him? He plays up top with Mullick. Is there any way to get Mullen in there? I don't know. I don't think, think there finesse, is. I think you're really stressed. There's no him. way. Winning no. is easy now. We've got him in our team. I see what you well, mean. I was thinking. Getting on the end of balls by Cam Green, but Cam Green never plays. And then you'd be around Green with Green he can't as well. So. In all seriousness, before we get onto your chant, if you're Cam Green, you know, we weren't necessarily sure whether he would still be here. He still is at this time of recording, uh, 26th of January. He's got to be disappointed, hasn't he, to see McAlinden, who's played well, and, and Parkinson was, was kind of stressing that he'd earned his chance and... And, you know, he looked a bit lost, McAlinden. He didn't really know where he was going to play in the team. He seems to have found a role that he can do and play, even if we go and get another left left back, left wing back. You've got to be frustrated for Green because he just doesn't have Parky's trust. No, exactly. And it must be quite demoralising when you are a left wing back, someone who we've said is an attacking wing back as well in that sense, because we used to say record was maybe the uh, the, the defensive option on the left and Cam Green was this alternative who can get forward. But you've got Bryce Ozana, who's a right wing back, and you've got Liam McAlinden, who's a left midfielder, playing in front of you in your in your best position, basically. So he's third choice, and he's the only natural in that position, which really does sort of spark questions, doesn't it? I mean, I know we've we've sort of heard that he he's never not been fit, really. He's always been available for selection if required. It's just never never happened. So. Yeah, a really, really odd one there. But like you said, Nath, we promised another chant. And this one's just come to me because I've been reporting on Anthony Marshall all week. And Anthony Marshall's leaving Man United. But he has got a good chant. So the original Anthony Marshall chant is basically, Tony Marshall came from France. The English press said he had no chance. 50 million down the drain. Tony Marshall scores again. So there you go. the remix, the Wrexham version, coming to all good nightclubs around you. Come on, you got this. I, I've just done Karma Chameleon. You got this. Okay, yeah, that's true. Ollie Palmer, he signed from Don's. Rival fans cried the game has gone. 300,000 down the drain. Ollie Palmer scores again. And then no, you go no, from no, there. No, no, no. Then you just... Yeah. That, I mean, that's that should be bouncing in the tech yeah, That's end. party then. Party Which, time, we, isn't it? I mean, the one that did take off you're yesterday was genius. quite good, but... Yeah, was that the... I um, what, was that, what was that one? The... Um, Oh, Parky, do you know what it's worth? Do you know what yeah, it's oh, worth Parky, or something? Oh, Parky, do you know what it's worth? That's it's, a catchy it, song, though. It is catchy, that's the thing. He- heaven and on Earth, that is, a, that is a catchy tune. Should we just give Ollie Palmer three different chants? We can sing one every time he scores a goal. Just rotate. Let us know. Then Let us know. Hang, Email hang, us. We could hand out e- hymn sheets, couldn't we? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, laminated hymn sheets. Email us if you think you've got a good chant. Um, 
Email us robryanred at gmail.com or tweet us. Rich would be very impressed. We're nearing 3,000 followers, which is great. And really appreciate all the support. And it's definitely reducing our phone batteries. So we thank you very much for that. And uh, I don't know, we've had a bit of fun with some terrible photoshopping, which is my doing. Uh, Palmer Oil was was, uh, your request, Rich. Yeah, the Palmer Butter. It's, not, it's cocoa pepper. butter. It's really, it's really good for the skin. If Palmer you butter. Like that. Um, heels the other thing, and over alliance. Heels and uh, what do you say? Heels and heels and over alliance on Paul Mullen. And last night he, he got the decisive goal. What are you going to say? Carry on, Rich. Sorry, I was going to say I thought uh, Ollie Palmer might miss the game with a broken hand after that. Uh, that welcome he got. Unbelievable. Do you want to talk people through this? They've not un- seen it. Now? Un- but unbelievable. So Ollie Palmer goes gets a bit of train under the lights. He signed the deal. He'd been spotted at at the race course by some eagle-eyed fans uh, sending us the video. And so he gets a bit of he gets a bit of a workout in one-on-one um, with the coaching staff. So he's there with Steve Parkin. And the video shows Parkinson introducing Palmer to, to the coaching staff, Steve Parkin, his son George, which is quite interesting. George Parkinson is helping out the coaching staff at the minute. Maybe he's doing some badges or I'm not fully sure there. But the most interesting one by, by about a mile um, was it, his introduction with goalkeeper coach Lee Butler. Now, Lee Butler is actually one of the people that's been requested, Rich. Somebody said, can you get Lee Butler on the pod? He looks a real character. Well, after this video, I feel like I want to speak to him from a distance because his handshake potentially is the hardest handshake I've ever seen in my life. And Ollie Palmer even said it was one of the firmest handshakes he's ever had. So yeah, Lee Butler is the type where he shakes your hand with an iron, basically rules with an iron fist, and then he pulls you in and almost squares up to you to sort of out alpha you. And I think yes, Ollie Palmer's yeah, a big a lot lad. Of masculinity on show there, isn't there? Ollie Palmer's a big lad, but even he was probably having to check that his fingers hadn't been dislocated after that one. So the Lee Butler handshake, I mean, it, it, it blew up so much that Talk Sport did a segment on Lee Butler's handshake. That says it all. They, did, they, they made a whole section of, section of their show about Lee Butler's firm handshake, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, and if you want to see a gif of that, that is on Rob Ryan Red. It's one of our most recent tweets as well. So if you want to rewatch that, you can go to our social media and check that out. And speaking gifts, of people rich, who gifts, like, gifs, I, I love well, rich. Gif, sorry, rich. I, I'm into it. Is it gif? Yeah, the I'm sticking only, with. The, I've, I'm sticking with gif. I've got to 25 saying gif. So is that yeah, it? Well, well, it is. GIF. I'd say gif, but technically the owner, or the guy who created them, says it's called gif. Which right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got into the habit of making these now and. One of the ones that went down absolute treat, it got the approval of Mr. Paul Mullen himself, was the Paul Mullen celebration in front of the tech end last night, Rich, the the Klopp-esque fist pump, which is becoming, uh, I think, Paul Mullen's trademark. Now you saw it at Halifax, you saw it again last night. It's just an unbelievable celebration, just goosebumps every time I see it. And now we have a gift to share around, which seemed to go down a treat. Yeah, he's the conductor and we're his orchestra. And it was weird because we like, the whole tech end were just singing a song and then Paul Mullen appeared and he had to sort of stop it impromptu and just cheer. But yeah, again, uh, what I was so excited about last night it was was that Paul Mullen wasn't like the main man because Ollie Palmer was there. And that was actually quite refreshing because, you know, I was looking around us. Like, like I said, I've already... Aaron Hayden for me, man of the match, he was immense. He should have got a goal as well when he leaped like a salmon from a corner mm, and headed just wide at the base of the post. Rob Layton's triple save is unbelievable. Like, seriously, so, so, so good. And um, the other good thing I loved was about 80th minute, maybe 82nd minute. Is after, I mean, later, actually. 
probably eight seven eight six. When Paul Mullen wins the ball on halfway, dribbles past two men, races for on goal, scuffs his finish. He should have scored actually. It was an incredible piece of play. The entire tech end erupts with "We've got Paul Mullen." Rob Langton turns behind and starts joining in as well. He was just loving it. He's just like he's like our cheerleader on the pitch. Rob Langton. He absolutely loves it. He was frustrating the Grimsby attack. Some of the saves he made were sensational, and yeah, it was just. Like I said, Wrexham dominated for me for about an hour of the game, 65 minutes. Grimsby having to look for a way back into it through quite a lot forward, so obviously they were going to have a spell. But honestly now, first half of the match was maybe the most relaxed and comfortable I've been watching Wrexham. I just didn't, I just wasn't worried at all. We looked so solid and Grimsby's only chance of the first half came from a really good free kick that Leighton tipped over the bar, but... It was such an encouraging performance and there's still room for improvement. There's still lots lots that we can do to get better, but it was just really, really good to watch. And I know that you said maybe, Nathan, on the radio, it didn't come across like that. For me, no. atmosphere was brilliant and the performance was too. I, I didn't understand that. From all the videos you watch, and I just didn't understand the radio commentary that it had gone quiet in, in spells and XYZ. Just clearly didn't do it justice. But what I was going to do, a quick roll call, Rich, of certain players... Just want to give a shout out. Congratulations to Luke Young, who made Team of the Week. I think he's really picked up his performances of, of late. I think he's no doubt he's heard all the noise about midfield and you know the, the need for a midfield. And I still believe we do need that. But he's he's looking better, and he made a, an unbelievable challenge. I was speaking to a few people today about this sliding tackle that was blowing people away against Grimsby, and and also Resor Johnson. I think he officially got man of the match for the Grimsby game, and another that's. You know, maybe had a difficult spell at times this season. Last season was unbelievable. You know, we need him, don't we, on on song as well. So those two were another two that stood out in conversations I had today. Yeah, that Luke Young sliding tackle, like I said, was a real highlight of the match. And then there was one run as well from Reese Hall Johnson as he just dribbled from from the halfway really into the Grimsby box, laid it off. And I, I don't think the shot sort of came away in the end. But yeah, like you said, I think. I think, like we said, the, the noises were going to get another left wing back, someone who's a specialist therein. Who knows if they will actually go and start games. And I think we are just one more midfielder, a defensive midfielder away from that being the team then. And I'd be very happy with that. I just think that we're still a bit too easy to play through. I think that we've got a bit of creativity now in, in terms of Jordan Davis, who's looking better and better every week. Like I said, Luke Young is undroppable, really, because he is club captain. And then you'd say the person who would drop out is James Jones. Obviously, he went off concussed last night, so best wishes to him. We hope he has a speedy and successful recovery from that. And you know, it's good that Wrexham took all the necessary precautions in regards to that. But I do think we just need someone who can anchor the midfield and just give us a bit more solidity. I know everyone's going to say Brad Walker. That basically, that's what I mean as well. Just someone who can piece it all together, keep things simple, bit of no nonsense and just give us that extra edge and again a bit more tenacity we look like one of the tallest sides in the league again now which we just didn't really at the start of the season I know we had bought quite a few big men but in terms of going forward mm. particularly we just lacked that sort of physicality Kwame came on and, and did a job as well which was good um, I think that's very much going to be his role sort of a backup for Palmer and then you got Ponticelli yeah. as backup for Mullin which you know they're the two subs which happened and I think that's the way that that you've got to do it for the rest of the season now and yeah like I said for me it's just a midfielder that I want now and I will be happy I promise <laughs> 
the, the, I mean, we, we, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say whether that will come. I, I've heard nothing to, to say that definitely we will get someone, but the club are very good at, at keeping stuff under wraps. What I would say, Rich, about this bench, this five, five man bench, one of which is Christian Dibble. It's, it's so tricky, isn't it, to have say two strike. We had down there last against Grimsby, two strikers, two defenders and a keeper. So when James Jones goes off, we were a little bit hamstrung. I know we've got players who can step in, but you know it does does beg the question: What now for Dior Angus signed a new deal? You know what now for? I say I did that Avengers Assemble graphic of of the six strikers, not including Jake Bickstaff, unfortunately. But you know six strikers when you think when they're fit. Really, I think when they're all fit, I think it's a toss up between Mullin. Hyde and, and Palmer really I think those three have got the quality to really feel like they can stake a claim you know number nine number 10 and number 35 but those are the ones that I think you look at now the others I, I just think you know are they going to be happy with a with a bench role I mean you look at it Wrexham's you know it's never been a more exciting time to be there are they just going to think you know what I'd rather be part of something here than maybe go out drop drop, drop down go to a different club it's a tricky one because, you know, Dior Angus, we were all surprised when he, he got his contract extension to the end of next season, but you know, he doesn't look like he can get a look in at the minute. I think we've long given up on the idea of Charlie Trafford ever kicking a ball for Wrexham. It's, uh, I don't know, there's, there's 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 some questions there in terms of, you know, Tyler French we saw last night, Cameron Green, obviously, we've already mentioned. It's a tricky one if new faces come in, isn't it, Rich? Because there's already people there chomping at the bit. Yeah, there's plenty of competition for places, like you said, and yeah, it's going to be just really interesting to see how Parky does sort of manage that, what sort of promises he makes, the assurances. Of course, we have got the, the trophy. That'll be interesting as well to see how, how strong we go for that game because, of course, it's against Boreham Wood at home, which you know they're one place above us in the table as things stand. They've played two games less. Potentially, you could say Boreham Wood, by the time we play that game and you know, by the time everyone's played the same amount of games, will be top of the table as well. So you can't imagine that's going to be one way you do just play all the fringe players because you want to give them a, a real test. And yeah, it's it's really interesting one. But from what I saw, you know, against Grimsby, I really do think that it's just midfield as, as the weakness really mm. now that's 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 worrying me. I mean, every other let's area be excited. Pitch, I think we've got enough. But yeah, I'm trying to be po- like really optimistic. Yeah, let's be excited because, because Rich, you, you, talking about the table, three points off the top, level games. I know that, that like you said, there's teams in there that I'm very very high on on Boreham Wood I really like a lot of you know us living down south and I see those more regularly very impressed with them Bromley are another good team Chesterfield it's all sorts of drama there with their with their manager James Rowe currently suspended you know big wins for Dagenham and Solly Hull midweek late wins we're there though aren't we we're right there it's, I, I know we, we it's probably on people maybe tempering expectation and we're very good at tempering the expectation and, and keeping the pessimism high but it's not out of the question it's not beyond the realms of the possibility that it all just knits itself together now midfield and maybe left wing back and yeah and that title's still there to, to go for rich yeah exactly i know that club officials that we've said on previous pods they believe that the first half of the season was our blip and now we can you know sort of hit our stride and you know, if you look at the form table and stuff, I mean, if you look at the last 10 games in the National League, we're third in the form table. It's only Stockport and Boreham Wood above us in that. If you look at the form over the last 15 games, we're second in the table. We leapfrog Boreham Wood and it's only Stockport 
who've taken more more points than us. So from the last forty five points available, we've taken thirty two, and you know that is wow. You know, that that is a lot, isn't it? I mean, we're we're doing well in in that regard. We've got now two really good football league strikers. We've got football league defence. Um, the midfield, like I said, a little bit light. Last night we've proven that we've got the best goalkeeper in the division as well. And if you look at the table as well, between Solihull in ninth and Grinsby in tenth, there is now a six-point gap. Obviously, that can change very quickly, especially in sort of a double game week. That can be eroded or or it can grow. But if you look between us and Grinsby, that is now a nine-point cushion. And it does start to look like there are sort of nine teams breaking away for those seven playoff spots. But like you said, the, the title race is well and truly open. And although you might look around and say that team could do it, that team could do it. Stockport fans, Chesterfield fans, Bromley, Bournemouth fans, they'll be looking at us and saying, I fear for Wrexham because mm. we've not been at our best this season. There's been times where it's been parky out. This is horrible football, which, you know, to a degree, you know, it's understandable. But we're still right in the mix. For, for this to have been quite a disappointing start to the season and us to be three points off the top after 24 games played is absolutely obscene. We've got so many home games coming up now, though. We have to make the Kairasa Fortress. And I mm. know everyone says, oh, you know, our home form is bad this season. You know, it's, it's mainly because we haven't played that many games. I mean, most teams in the division will have played 13 or 12 home games by now. We've only played 10. And, you know... I think we've scored nine goals at home this season and conceded five. It's just it's just not been the same. Away from home, we've scored 32 goals. At home, we've scored nine. And we've just got to... I don't mind just grinding out results at home. One nils, etc. are fine. But then, like I said, this weekend, Maidenhead, there's got to be an expectation from the crowd, not just to win, but to win well. But yeah. again, maybe you've got to take a step back and realise this season is all about the end result and a 1-0 win against Mainerhead won't matter if we're lifting the trophy by the end exactly. of it. There is more pressure, I think, on Parkey to put on a show for, for the home crowd and particularly because some of the people I sit next to don't go to the aways, so they have only seen nine Wrexham goals this wow. season. They have only seen a limited sort of side to this team and, you know, for, for lots of fans, they, they can only judge us off off our home form and that's not been good enough but if you look at this again another table for you we have the 11th best home record in the league this season um, even if we won maybe another two games we'd go up to about sixth or seventh best home record in the division we have the second best away record in the division wow 26 top, points Stockport top, top of that Stockport are a very Stockport are a very good team it's yeah. a very good team but, but I look at it and go you know just a quick kind of roll call before I, I get a bit more into into Maidenhead and we and we speak to someone at the Maidenhead advertiser, Josh Brown, who gave us a little bit of insight. Looking at the home form, home and away, it's a completely it's almost a completely different game. You know, teams, even if they're lower down the table, they they feel like they can attack you at home. And that that works to our advantage. We can pick them off with a wing back system. At home, it's there's a different setup. Teams are trying to, you know, contain and, and defend but what I wanted to do, Rich, quickly was just do a bit of a, a check around other areas of the club. Harry Lennon, seeing a back specialist, Parkinson said, um, to try and get to the bottom of that. It's been a really interesting one injury-wise for players that we haven't quite been able to get to the bottom of multiple player injuries. You know, we haven't really been able to understand 
Uh, Paul Mullins' injury, again, a few people were saying that he still looks like he's not 100% fit. Clearly, Harry Lennon's got an ongoing issue with his back, and they're, they're hoping a specialist can clear that up. And I really hope, for, for Lennon's sake, that that does get cleared up because he's been one of my players of the season. Really, really impressive. All of the back three, I think, have really stepped up. There's definitely been question marks over Toza and Hayden at times. I think Lennon's consistently been good, but you know, it gives, gives Max Clareworth a chance, and he came in did well last night. And then the other one was... Rob McElhenney, I don't know if you saw this, I did share it on the Twitter account. Rob McElhenney wishing happy birthday to Mr. Irth, um, which was is just a brilliant clip. Him and Maxine, who we know from the trailer. Uh, yeah, Rich, I mean, Rob's still taking his Welsh lessons very seriously. Yeah, exactly. And like we've said it before, he's just, he's gone above and beyond the expectation of, of what it was to, to take this role on. You know, he he's an ambassador for Wales, which he didn't have to do, you know investing in Wrexham himself and and Ryan could have just put the money in, taken the back seat and, you know, sort of maybe used it to boost their own reputation when it suited them. But they're fully invested and just trying to absorb the culture. And it's not, like I said, not just the culture of Wrexham, but the culture of the entire country. And it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing, really. And, you know, I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. They're just the sort of role models I didn't see speaking Welsh when I grew up, you know, going to... Bryn Hovered and Riffin it being you know bilingual school but you know there wasn't it wasn't really seen as that that cool a thing to do but now you know most of us would be on Duolingo trying to improve our Welsh if we're not fluent in it already and it's just amazing it's amazing for the whole country the whole community and again it's just another it's just another endorsement of of what they've done as co-owners really and given so much back to Wrexham already and you know I know lots of people point at the money that we've been able to spend on people like Tozer and, and, and Palmer. Again, that's basically self-sufficient because of all this increased media publicity, the shirt sales and, and all this revenue brought into the club anyway. They've not really had to dip into it too much, but the biggest impact Rob and Ryan have, have made hasn't been financial in a way. It's been everything else on top of that, all yeah. these extras they've been able to do. And yeah, like I say, almost every week, people used to make fun of you from being from Rex and we'll see it as a joke, but everyone wants a piece of us now and yeah long may it continue hopefully they can get back soon um i don't know if they'll be back in time for maidenhead but hopefully it's soon uh maidenhead rich i'm going to try and try and give you even more room for optimism or maybe you'll think i'm sort of the commentator's curse here but maidenhead have won seven games this season six of which have been at home their only away win came on the opening day of the season away to halifax now what i would say about maidenhead is Alan Devonshire's side, I don't know what it is. They've won seven games of their 23, and they just love it in these big games. They've Recently, they've beaten Halifax, they've beaten Chesterfield, they've beaten Bromley. Who they else beat they us beat? on TV beat... at the race course last season. Yeah, they beat us, but they, you know, they beat us this season, Robin Ryan's first visit, they ruined that one. You know, they've, they've shown that they can basically go toe-to-toe in these big games. They've also had some spankings that you can point to. They you know, royally turned over by Boreham Wood earlier in the season. That was a 4-0 defeat in North... God, is Boreham Wood North London? I don't know. Weirdly, Boreham yeah, well, Wood they, is that's what two... Arsenal weirdly, Boreham... Women used yeah, to train. Yeah, but it's two words. It's two words. I was at a party recently. I don't, know, I don't think I actually told you the story, but I was at a house party recently for a friend's birthday and I met a guy there who was from Boreham Wood and he got into this big rant about how... Did he charge you, he, need your access to talk to him? He, he didn't He didn't charge me to go into the kitchen or anything like that. No, no, he, he let me off. But, it, but what he was saying is that he can't follow the team because he doesn't believe he doesn't believe in the team because it's two words rather than one. Boreham Wood, the place, is one word. And 
it's it, it, as you can tell, it was a thrilling party where conversation was very much about uh, fifth division yeah, football. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm but what I was saying, I didn't get an invite to that one. <laughs> Maidenhead, um, Maidenhead, yeah, they've won one away game all season, but big games they are a danger. You know, Josh Kelly, who I, I who when I speak to Josh Brown, Maidenhead advertiser, he was saying that you know Josh Kelly is a real standout. Scores twice against Chesterfield, scores the winner against Halifax. It's it's one of them, Rich, where, yes, they're at the bottom of the table and you look at it and go, three easy points, but we know we've been burned too many times by these Allen Devonshire teams and, and you know these other smaller teams that have come. And We've just got to keep positive, haven't we? The, the crowd, you've just got to keep feeding that positive energy on. Last night, I think that really helped in terms of, you know, Ollie Palmer described it as a League One fixture. It felt like a League One match, the atmosphere. He said it was one of the most electric atmospheres he's played in ever. So it's about harnessing that and keeping that now because, like you say, we've got a chance and hopefully Maidenhead don't ruin it. So what I'll do is I'll play the clip from uh, Josh Brown. He spoke to me very kindly from the Maidenhead advertiser. As we said then, Josh Brown from the Maidenhead advertiser. I've got that right. I usually mess these things up. I've got that right. Uh, Maidenhead's... I think for our well, lucky for us, given that that was Robin Ryan's first experience of English football, wasn't a memorable one for them at York Road. But back at the racecourse this weekend, and Josh, it's been pretty rough on the road. That's sort of to say the least for Maidenhead. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, last night was uh, was a bit of a tough uh, tough result for Maidenhead to take, given that they've just you know been taking the scouts of some of the uh, National League's high flyers lately. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll be looking to try and get back to winning ways um, this weekend. But um, it's all down to what Alan Devonshire says to his team between now and then, and whether they can fit in some uh, valuable training training sessions and preparations. Yeah, look, you know, looking at it, obviously you win the opening game away at Halifax, the first game of the season, and and the six of the other seven wins after that have all been at at York Road. I mean, from from the games you've seen and. And the, when you look at the results, beating Bromley at home, Chesterfield, Halifax recently, Wrexham as well, they're, they're a team that can get up for these big games. I know Maidenhead have previously come to the race course and, and impressed. Have they, sorry, did you say? Yeah, yeah, no, no, they have previously. I know we played them on the TV and it, I don't know, just in these big games, they seem to have sort of a, a belief that maybe they haven't got in some of the, the less glamorous games, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a funny one. They they sort of can. I don't know if it's you know, and actually trying to be a bit um, mysterious with his team selection, trying to be a bit unpredictable. But they can sort of really, like you said, impress one week, and then the following week they maybe have another away game and um, just fall a bit to a, a bit for heavy defeat. So um, yeah, you can you can never really predict what happens with the Magpies. I think that's fair to say they sort of uh, go about their business how they do it. And um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of fans will be hoping. They pick up a win this weekend. Josh Kelly is the name that you know everyone sort of talks about when it comes to Maidenhead. He, he scored twice in that win over Chesterfield. I think he scored again, didn't he, in, in, in that win over Halifax? How good is he, and, and how much of a threat does he pose to Rex on this weekend? Oh, he, he's been, he's been superb. He's he's definitely taken the headlines of, of late. He's um it's one of uh, Mainhead's one of Mainhead's own, as I like to say, quite frequently. He's um works hard, um gets goals, but um really occupies the defence defence well of the opposition. You know, he, he runs tirelessly. Isn't the uh, tallest of guys, but he, he's got some strength behind him, and he sort of holds up the ball superbly well to allow you know whatever wingers main heads choose to go with on the gate on the day um to bring him into the game and you know he's a 
is a great player for them. One that's probably been their best player this season, following them, the likes of Danilo Orsi-Dodoma, who left last season. And uh, yeah, he, he's been uh, he's been superb, Josh Kelly. Who, who are the names that maybe the kind of Wrexham fans or, or people who don't follow Maidenhead regularly maybe won't know so well as Josh Kelly's taking all the headlines? But who, who has kind of been a, a player that you've been impressed with that perhaps we should keep an eye on at the race course? I'd say Remy Clarima. He's uh, one of Mainhead's defenders, probably more for wing back. Um, these sort of last few games, he sort of bombs up the pitch remarkably well, and, and is a really technically gifted player, um, French French player. So he brings a bit of flair to Mainhead. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, he's been sort of chipping in the goals. He gets in, he likes to get in the box quite a lot. You know, he, you often see him either hit the back of the net with a header or just just go wide. So he's one that um, Rexon probably have to look at nullifying. I think at the weekend. Then, look at, I'm just looking at the table now. I mean, it, we're obviously at different ends of the table and we're fighting off different things, fighting for different things. Uh, are you confident that you can get out of it in terms of the relegation battle? I think so. I think so. I think um, Maynard have a few games in hand over Altrincham, if I'm correctly saying that, 17th place. So it's, you know, they, they, they proved that they can get out of a sticky situation before. They have the players through. I think they've brought in some... Some good players as well. Dan uh, Dan Gialai, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm. he's been a great great addition to uh, to Maynard. You know, they really needed a keeper of his stature, of his size, and he's sort of um, really become quite a, a leader at the back of the field where Maynard have most needed it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think provided they are, uh, you know, both their players are now back, they're now fit, they're recovered from COVID. As long as that uh, continues, I think Maynard have a good chance of of staying up. Rich, there you go then. Uh, it's a tricky one. We, we, it's, a, it's a game we should win. And, and I know we were quite pessimistic, weren't we, before Yeovil, before Grimsby, maybe we'll take, I think you said two points. You predicted two draws. But <laughs> wow, yeah, here, we are, here, we, here we are, six points later. I'd rather that be the way, Rich. I'd rather me and you be eating humble pie and, and we've got six points to show for it. But maybe we'll have a new signing. Maybe immediately when this comes out, there'll be a new signing to show for it. It seemed like there was a picture doing the rounds of Someone with a scarf above their head. That I love the fact that there's basically PIs around Wrexham um, that are able to snap these signings arriving and comings and goings. And you know we're trying to make phone calls, and it's just someone near the club shop who's got their smartphone ready for a recording. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's it's what you love about the club, really, isn't it? And I guess sometimes just boil it down to to maybe the level we're at that there's not so much secrecy about these sort of dealings but like I said it looks like the club are definitely going to get a new face in before the weekend I'd say and then I'd expect us to, to still be sort of active on deadline day just in case someone becomes available who, who's been on, on that shortlist anyway someone that we've been looking at like I said I think that the club were looking at three or four signings this month because it is the only chance we've got to strengthen again before the end of the season and you know I think that if we are bringing in a new left back is to do that just in case you know we've already seen how much injuries can sort of leave us a, a bit vulnerable in certain positions so it's just making sure you've got two players at least for every every sort of area on the pitch and that there's not a noticeable downgrade and quality either but nah. like you said Maidenhead at home this weekend it's one of those lose-lose games for Wrexham because we either win and don't get any credit or we drop points and it's a disaster so like I said I've, I'm already really pleased by how many points we took from the Yeovil and Gunsby games but Amazing, yeah, we've, yeah. if you want to be winning the league and like we said the opportunity is there you've got to start winning games at home and particularly against teams of, of this ilk as well like I said no disrespect to them teams that have underestimated Maidenhead already this season have been beaten by them but 
I feel that we just really need to get that that first bumper home win, massively, just to get yeah. even more people back on side as well. Because when I was when I sat at the game on on Tuesday, there was a, a man behind me who hadn't been to to many games this season. I think it was only his third game or whatever. But he was just whinging for the first for the entire first half, saying how bad the quality of the football was, how ugly and negative it was. And like I said, because so many people don't go to the away games. I think they almost think it's a myth that we can play well at times. You know, some of these ticky-tacker goals away at sort of Aldershot, Kings Lynn, you know, maybe not the biggest teams in the league, but we have got that quality. And I just want to see it in more home games because last night was a bit of an exception because of the opposition and the atmosphere and the whole sort of ceremony of the match. But most of these home games have felt identical this season. Yeah, they are very, very similar. But after, I was just going to say that a quick shout out that I will be hosting a Twitter space as I often have done this season um, after the Maidenhead game. So come chat about it, come discuss, and, and let's talk about new faces and how Ollie Palmer gets on again. Paul Mullen is Harry Lennon going to play. Palmer chance as well. Palmer, Palmer chance. Yeah, let, let us know. And don't, don't be too mean to us because we're trying our best with our uh, vocal chords and, and, and Rich's script writing and, and lyric writing. But yeah, I'll be hosting the Twitter space shortly after the game, 5.30 or 6, something like that. We'll see if we can get maybe a player or, or anyone, if we can, can get anyone to come on, that'd be great. Christian Dibble in the in, in the last one for the Fearless guys. So yeah, Rich, it's, it's a game where people talk about that Salford game, don't they? And other games, Grimsby was a massive win, but you just want four or five to be stuck past someone and then everyone will just feel a little bit more relaxed. I think last night, again, you just needed that second goal, didn't you, to relax everyone. At 1-0, I know they get a freaky on the edge of the box. Everyone's a bit jittery. But look, things are... Rich, we're, we're, we're nitpicking. This is Wrexham in the 14th year of the National League and we're nitpicking about, you know, are we a midfielder away from the title? It's just... Does, it doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, you know, what what would a... It, it's so... It, I don't know. I'm waffling because it's so difficult because you just know that the end... The end is coming, and the the end of that season is, is edging ever closer, and you know that it's either total euphoria or bitter disappointment, and so it's important that we enjoy it along the way. It's important we enjoy the highs. You know, we're too quick, and I know I'm guilty of this. We're too quick to to pounce on the lows and really focus on those. Just be let's celebrate. This is a great week. Two wins against two decent teams. I don't care anyone says Yeovil and Grimsby beaten us, and we've avenged those defeats early in the season. Rich, this could be the time. That's not naive. This could be it. Yeah. And like you said, that's almost makes it so annoying as well because it's such an opportunity to, to win the league this season. There's, I feel like the last three or four, really, there's just not been a clear runaway leader for a long time and then someone sort of finds that form toward, towards the end. But it's just there for the taking, isn't it? And that's why I really do hope that we can just build upon this optimism, build upon this momentum, make the Kairas a fortress and... Who knows? Back the boys, make some noise. Let's see what happens. But yeah, I'm very excited for the weeks ahead. Can't wait to to get to watch Wrexham again. And I was just sat there last uh, last night for the Grimsby game and just thinking, in a way, this is as good as it gets because I know we want to be at a high level, but we're watching Wrexham play in front of a full house. Everyone's got smiles on their faces. We've got a new superstar striker scoring on his debut. I know that you can put us in a different league but in terms of sort of an individual moment, there's not going to be too many better than that. you just got to enjoy it while you can. We don't know how long this fairy tale is going to last for. We can't take a moment for granted. Just enjoy every second of it. And yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be there every step of the way. 
Nath, as always, thank you very much for joining us on Rob Brown Red. Thank you very much for listening. Nath, do you want to plug the socials one last time? Yeah, do follow us on Twitter uh, at Rob Ryan Red. Loads of terrible photoshops and and bad chants and various gifts that I've made on there. So yeah, do follow us on there. Really appreciate all that. And if you want to email us, Rob Ryan Red at gmail.com. Come on, the boys. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.